Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Money. Two times, huh? Money. Three. Money, 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 money. Oh, uh, I've lost count. Money. What's shaking, Daniel? Not hey, much. Let's push the book. Oh. DIY Money. I'm hearing good things. People are, uh, I would like it to be bigger. I don't have. A, I mean, I I always you write. You could write more. No, it's a, you know, what it drives me nuts when I read books uh, that are in this world is the first seven or eight chapters is why you should practice this. I mean, if you have gone so far as to buy the book, you know why. It's almost like seven to eight chapters of why you should buy the book. You you already are in possession of the book, and it just drives me nuts. I read Ariana Huffington's Sleep, which is a great book, by the way, but it took me two hours, audio, to get to the content that I was actually looking for. I didn't, I'm not sleeping well. I wasn't sleeping well. I don't need 18 chapters on why Americans aren't sleeping or the stats about how bad Americans are sleeping. If you're writing a book, just get to the point. There you go. Speaking of getting to the point. I'm also reading... uh, (laughs) Uh, a fictional Let's book. I read, I read fiction as well. Uh, I read fiction at night, and I read nonfiction in the morning. And I am reading The Silent Patient. To, uh, it is awesome. <laughs> it is really, really good. And Ready Player Two is coming out, or is out, by the way. Which Never heard of them. Well, Ready Player One is a great book as your son's age and you want to read something with them i mean when they can read and they're actually doing that i read ready player one with my oldest son when he was like 11 or 12 maybe 10 we then watched the movie together it was great now we're going to read ready player two i'm hamilton samuels publisher of the daily chronicle and it is my pleasure to announce that you have been chosen father of the year (laughs) hey let's get to the money seriously is that quasi bro talk that's that's not bro talk I know what people are asking, though. iTunes reviewers would you know, say otherwise. You know what people are wondering? No. <laughs> They're wondering, well, what are you reading in the non-fictional world, right? Oh, here we go. Jen Sincero. Who's that? She is an up-and-coming motivational gal, and uh, she wrote a book called um, You Are a Bad... Uh, and, Donkey? Yeah. And her newer one is called um, Everyday Bad. And it's really good. She's awesome. She's just straight to the point, too. She's like, do this. It's really cool. She's pretty bad. Mm, yeah. Hey, let's get to our question. This uh, this comes from Tamara. Tamara in upstate New York. No, that's not how you say upstate New York. Upstate New York is how I sound. Much. Yeah. It's the one time you don't have to like character somebody. Not at all. All right. If somebody could call in and character you, it'd be awesome. But Uh, we'll just go with it. Well, before we get to Tamara, though, spike in the ratings. I think it's the YouTube or your weird dance on Instagram. Hey, the reels are working. The reels. Have you done more than one? Yeah. Really? 
We do a reel uh, to follow up every coffee talk now. <laughs> we do like a, a condensed summary in so a reel. So the other day when I was in my office doing work and it sounded like there was a techno party going on, I thought it was outside. Those rehearsals. But it was you in there. Like, yeah. It's a 15 to 30 second reel. It takes like an hour and a half to produce it. Wow. Yeah, Thanks, that's, Instagram. That's money well spent. <laughs> that's awesome. We're going to work on that in the budget. Uh, but the Instagram's going well. DIY Tribe blows up. We get people every day. I, I mean, I like new people come in, they go through all the posts, and they're like, this is probably great. And then they're like, they don't see anything thereafter. I'm working on it. We've been working on that for a few episodes I now. Know, I know. Gosh. Put it on the list. Um, anything else? We got anything else coming up that's fun? What are we going to do for the holidays? We got to do something for the holidays. Okay. 12. 12 uh, oh, we got a, a, a side hustle podcast coming up with a kid who does wood burning. Wood burning. Like etching or something? Yeah. Cool. I mean, I don't think he's in the backyard just throwing piles of wood into a fire. Well, I don't know. To do that. Wood burning. Hey, is. let's go to our question. All right, Tamara, <laughs> what do you got? DIY! Hi, DIY Money. It's Tamara from New York. When planning for your future retirement, how do you calculate what is enough? Can you please talk about the 4% rule? Does that still apply today? in light of the interest rates we're dealing with. Thanks so much. Well, that's embarrassing. Me butchering her name. <laughs> that's terrible. It's the coffee. Uh, I'm very sorry about that. That was awful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Daniel, let's get right into it. What do you got? Uh, yeah. So how do you calculate what you need for retirement? And does the 4% rule still apply? For those kind of tuning at home... Or on the go. Probably not commuting to work because nobody's really commuting to work anymore. You were. We now were. we're back down to nothing. Yeah. Um, so what we're talking about, 4% rule, is uh, this rule of thumb. And you know how much we love rule of, rules of thumb here. Uh, the rule of thumb that you could pretty much live off of if you calculated your portfolio value at retirement. Well, you don't have to calculate that, right? Um, you know your portfolio value at retirement. But then you calculated 4% of that. That's the amount that you could withdraw each year and then adjust that each year for inflation, uh, regardless of sort of the ups and downs in the market. And so regardless of how you saw the principle or the value of your portfolio change, that you could essentially start out with a 4% rate of withdrawal, so 4% annually of the total value of the portfolio, then adjust that each year for basically the standard inflation that, that happens, you know, 1% to 3% each year, uh, and that that would last you throughout retirement. You would draw down some of the principal throughout retirement, but that your, you know, the sort of historical calculations show that through various market cycles, that that essentially allowed the portfolio to remain throughout retirement. Uh, so that's, I guess, one part of the question. The other part of the question is how do you calculate how much you need for retirement otherwise, if that rule of thumb is not going to work? So part one, 4% rule of thumb. Yes, it has worked historically. Uh, the fine print is past performance is not indicative of, of future results. And why that might be specifically the case here is that the 4% rule historically, when you look at sort of the market cycles that it was run on, it was historically run on time periods when dividend rates were higher and also fixed income rates were substantially higher. So the income coming into your portfolio was fairly high, and you were basically taking uh, 
that income, the income, interest, and dividends coming into your portfolio uh, as withdrawals, uh, and maybe not even the total amount of that, because you could actually get back then government bonds that were substantially higher than potentially 4%. And so you were just taking the income off of your account and leaving, in some instances, some of that principal. Why that might not work going forward? Well, with fixed income rates significantly below 4% and the yield on the S&P 500 being 2%, under 2% right now, um, or in a, uh, say, diversified dividend ETF being 3 to 3.5%, you you have to now eat into the actual portfolio value on a regular yearly basis. So extrapolate that out over the course of your retirement and it may not be enough. It needs some extra sort of modeling assessment and so forth to see whether or not that is practical. The other thing that uh, is not often talked about with the 4% rule is the duration of retirement. And so if you're retiring at you know full retirement age for Social Security, which is 67, uh, for everybody now listening, we'll say, and... If so if, if if you're looking at retirement at that age versus say 60 or 62 early retirement and you're saying 67 because that correlates with social security yeah that's why you said everybody listening yeah yeah uh, but you could retire later than that obviously or earlier yeah but there's a vast difference between retiring at 67 and age 60 or 62 and whether or not that four percent rate of withdrawal rule works and for those of you sort of in a uh, maybe younger demographic listening to the podcast who have years or decades to go until retirement, your life expectancy might now increase significantly. And so projecting now that you would retire at 60 or 62, use a 4% withdrawal rate, live until mid-90s, uh, so have a 30-plus year uh, retirement horizon, and a 4% withdrawal rule in an age that, as far as we know right now, we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but dividends and interest rates are low, that's kind of a recipe for probably not going to work based upon everything we saw historically. So do we like that rule of thumb? No. What we would prefer is sort of a more dynamic planning approach where you actually sit down with your uh, investments and you sit down with your income and expenses and you calculate, okay, what does my actual picture look like? What does my portfolio need to return? And how do we update those assumptions on a regular basis? And that's what we talked about in an episode or two ago, financial planning does. I'm biased because I'm a financial planner, but I would recommend that approach rather than just going, uh, yeah, major life decision, 4% rule makes sense. So I want to take a little bit of a variant view here because <clears throat> what I feel like is happening in our world is because we're in uncharted waters, all of these previous uh, statistics or rules of thumb, if you will, which I still want to look up and see where that comes from, um, they are being thrown out. Because we're again in this weird environment with interest rates, you mean? And yeah, interest so rates, uh, you know, dividend yields, etc. So, I don't, I don't necessarily agree, though. That, and I know you didn't say this, but that we throw it out completely. I do think there's an element of planning, but when someone is looking at a million dollar portfolio and they're and they're asking themselves. What over a 30-year time period can I withdraw and not run out of principal? There has to be some kind of um, longer-term statistical number. Statistical? Is that a word? Statistical. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, statistical number that they can go by. And I know when I started in the business, uh, twenty actually when I was interning 25 years ago, I remember that that number, that rule of thumb was 6%. And the reality was is that uh, the the 10-year treasury was around that time period, or was around that level. And that was like, oh, you know, we would sit down and I would help prepare plans, I, like stapled plans at the time. But um, we would say, hey, you're, you're projected to be taking out 10, um, and we're advising that we back that off. That's unrealistic. We should go down to six. And, and I remember clients being like, six? I mean, surely we can do better than that. And what we had to say was, no, it's not about today and where interest rates are and, and yields and, and growth, et cetera. It's about the, the long term. Well, then, as interest rates continued to decline, that rule of thumb became five. Somewhere it switched to four, and then that became like the common thing. I mean, and that, I feel like, only happened the last couple of years. Like, we went from five to four. And now, all of a sudden, it's like, well, let's throw that out. So, I don't agree, necessarily. I think that that is a good rule of thumb. And you know what? I'm going to term a rule of thumb is that it's not concrete, or we would call it a concrete rule. I I don't know. The rule of thumb has to be Law of the universe. Yeah, a law. You know, whatever. But I think it's a good... You just kicked me. Sorry. Golly. I was trying to figure out where to put my feet. This table's <laughs> awkward. Uh, we got we to switch this table up. But <laughs> the, that I think it is a good rule of thumb if, in fact, that means a general kind of guideline. And it also works well for someone who's younger and wants to try to project out. So when I talk to people... And they say, what should I be shooting for? How much is enough? And they're, you know, they're making good money. And I say, it's simple. Take, take a 4%. And I do this. I say this to them. I say, take 4% um, and divide that into a, a total amount. And that's, you know, what your income is. Meaning, if you think you can eventually live off of 40 grand, 80 grand, whatever it is, well, for every 40,000, you got to have a million bucks. So right there, they go, in oh, today's dollars. Yeah, in today's dollars, right. So I go, you know, what do you think you live off of? And they go, well, you know, 50000 I go, that's going to be a hundred. you know, which means you're going to need more than $2 million. And right there, they go, oh, you know, like, well, I got to get serious. Yes, you do. And and the reality is that that guideline just kind of helps them, you know, figure things out. Mm-hmm. Um, so again... Now, yes, as you narrow in on that, and I think it's very important, and we'll conclude here that as you narrow in on that and you're saying, okay, I've got wealth build up, I've got you know a business, I've got these things, it is important to engage a financial advisor and make sure that the portfolio is structured in such a way that you are going to really drill down into what that number is. No longer a rule of thumb, but a general hard number. It's 3.25 or it's 5.8 and we've got to make some adjustments or it's 4.75 or whatever the case is. And then that can change over time. Then you can structure a portfolio accordingly. But I do think it's a it's a it's an okay benchmark to use as a signpost to kind of guide you along the way. Anything else to add there? Yeah. I mean I like it I like using it early on as a roadmap to retirement. That's great. I think in that five years approaching retirement is where that number should be more customized to who you are. It's like using a target date fund early on in your 401k is great. As you're approaching retirement, you kind of might want an allocation mix that actually fits your personal 
yep. lifestyle because that's where sort of the um, the implications of doing something right or wrong can increase significantly. And it can change, yeah. right? So, for example, right now, people are saying, well, I want to withdraw 4%, have no portfolio volatility. Good luck. <laughs> I mean, it, you're not going to find it. Maybe in five years, interest rates go up, dividend yields go up. I don't know if that's where we're going. I don't think we are, but maybe. Uh, then it's a different story. So, anyways, great question. Thanks so much. So uh, apologetic for butchering your, your name. Um, we will send her a $25 Amazon gift card yep. for sending that question. It was a great one. All right. Uh, you've been listening to DIY Money. We really appreciate you uh, tuning in. Be sure to uh, give us a five-star review on iTunes. Tell all your friends and family about the show. And remember, friends, the secret to success is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.